Uh, Tyler, you you set us up with a yeah. We are walked we, in with a surprise. Are we going? Are we live? We're, are we rolling? We're blowing and going? Are we pl- <laughs> uh, pumping and dumping? Pumping and dumping. <laughs> We're yeah. not going to start every show. No, like we that, can't no. start <laughs> every show. I mean, well, right. I, to be fair, most shows we start off with our different ailments. Yeah, that's we're, true. Yeah, <laughs> but we're still pumping and dumping. But I guess. no, okay. I mean, look, we came in with a surprise. Yes, you brought us a a charcuterie board. Well, <laughs> last year, th- th- this is a throwback for our loyal listeners. Uh, yes. last year, that's what we do it for. We uh, had a had ones. a bit of a debate on uh, Cheez Its. I said that I prefer the fat free Cheez Its. Yes, correct. or at least the fat reduced Cheez Its. And you guys said that I was crazy. And I understand. The thought of a fat-free Cheez-It is uh, repulsive at first. Well, it's only because typically, like, when you have a good snack and they offer a fat-free version, it tastes shittier. That's the that's it, my whole it, argument. It, of course it does. It always I does. I love fat. But that was my point. <laughs> Chubby Chaser. That was my point, is that always... <laughs> it always... Doesn't matter. Not every single time. And if you're open-minded enough, you know, like I, of course, Sam, then, then you can experience things like this and discover things mm-hmm. like this. So we did a taste test. We're closed-minded. Okay? Yes. They each ate one of two choices, either fat-free or regular, original, and chose which one you liked between the two. Yeah, and and we did, did it three, in an interesting way. You yes. had three. There were three samples. There was yes. sample A, sample B, and sample C, and... Each each sample had two different versions, and you and we had to mark which one we liked or which one we assumed was not fat free because it's the one we like, right? That's the correct. idea. Correct. Yes. Okay. I, I like how you set that up. Yeah, that was nice. All right. So, on the first row, okay, row one, did you choose A one or B one? I went with A one. You went with A one, Ryan. A one as well. A one. Is the original. I knew it. Okay. That makes me feel so good. A1. I'm terrified to find out that I like the fat okay. version. So, so far, one of one, you guys both prefer the original. All right, row two. A2 or B2? Uh, or wait. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I went with A1. Or sorry, A, A, A2. The first... I'm so confused how we... Yeah. No, no, no. It was A, B, and C. So I went with B1. No, no, there was no... Right, yeah, no. we had to switch this up. That was the whole point because you set it up funky. So the second row is B. Okay. And the and the third row is C. So I went with B1, the left side. Okay. We're, we're scholars, folks. <laughs> uh, I went with B1. B1. Uh, B1 is fat-free. Oh, wow. Yes. So you both chose the fat-free one. You. On the uh, on, was a on little set trap for us. Yes, it was a trap. Now this is C. the question for for C. It could be anything for C, right? Anything, endless possibilities. Okay, so who won the third category? C one or C two? Yes. I, I went with C two. I went with C one. C one was fat free. Dang it, Ryan C2. likes fat free Jesus. So Ryan, Ryan is clearly on my side. You didn't even know it before. Okay. But- no. Your bot, your 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 health will thank you that you can now buy fat free cheese its instead. But here's the thing, Will, is it that much of a difference from what you would have previously thought before the taste test? I truly thought that this was a trick, and they were all they were all <laughs> fat free. They were so hard to decipher, honestly. Like there were yeah. there were little were. notes there, but the differences were very uh, very negligible. I got I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm very impressed with the fat free cheese its. However, what I will say is now I'm actually skeptical. Of what Cheez-Its is up to, because mm. if you remember, there's that uh, there's that Simpsons episode, <laughs> there's that Simpsons episode where they tour the Duff Beer Factory, yeah, Duff Man, and there's a giant <laughs> tube of beer coming down from the ceiling, 
and it just splits into two <laughs> tubes, and one is Duff and one is Duff Light. I feel like I feel like it's just the same shit. You're probably onto something. It's more of uh, yeah, cheese is just being shady, yeah, than it really being a fat-free, delicious. Yeah. Uh, so my my thought was that uh, it was the different salt content, and I even told Will I was like, I feel like the regular cheeses have more salt on them, mm, but to make up for it. Yeah. And, so let me tell you actually why I thought the same thing, but they but that wouldn't. But necessarily upon, do anything with the fat content. Upon investigation, right? well, it made, so. it made with a taste, though. And upon investigation, oh. you're actually, you're sacrificing sodium us? for fat. Yeah. Okay, so it's fat reduced. Oh. There's one more gram of sodium in the fat reduced. But oh. salt is delicious, so that, that makes sense. It, it does, if you wanna, right? If you want to cut the fat, you just make it salty. You, you yeah, flavor exactly. enhancer. Yeah. Well, well. On the streets, you're actually getting rid of the fat. You're cutting it with more salt, right? You're not cut- exactly. Yeah, so that's we're what you would be the doing. Product with salt. We're cutting, so we're stepping it, on our own it, product. So <laughs> I think the takeaway here is I was not crazy last year. I feel vindicated. You should feel okay. vindicated. Okay. I judged you very much so for for <laughs> going with fat free. Thank you for that. Thank you for and at least, they're uh, not they're not like I what I pictured in my head was what cheese nips taste like, which is disgusting. Sure. And I was like, well, that's what fat free. Cheez-Its are like, or maybe I just haven't had one in so long that they used to be bad and they're better now. Mm-hmm. Could be something like that. But they're I do. Around. But I had to buy two boxes for the experiment. So if you guys want to split it or one of you guys want to take home the originals, you guys can take home some Cheez-Its. <laughs> so, so you're just not going to eat the... Uh, the originals? The fats. Yeah, the fatty well, ones. I mean, I'm going to keep the fat freeze. It's what I prefer. Right? That's what I go after. And I'm not going to be greedy here. Are I, they, I, who needs two boxes of Cheez-Its? Are they different in, in, in price? That? Uh, no, same price. Okay. And they're both say, discounted. You could, they're both you 50 could, cents off. We could get into a rack so a good price point yeah. of selling. If the, if one was more expensive than the other, you buy the other one and, and you know, throw a fat-free Look, sticker if you on it. Be, <laughs> if you want to be a real goddamn rebel, here's what you do. You get a big bull, you do half and half. You just mix it in. <sighs> I tell you what, you're you're not living until you've done that. Man. That's just like when you, what they call it the suicide, when you go to the soda <laughs> machine and you just get <laughs> yeah. one of everything. Exactly. Same idea. Exactly. No, it was so. delicious. I'm, yeah, I, I'm right, super good. glad you did this. Good. All right, so do you have some other stuff? Because I told you today I was coming in loaded. So I got one other thing. Do we want to save my other game for later in the show? Let's do it first. Let's, uh, we only have a couple uh, pieces of college football news. There Boom. really hasn't been much. News. Uh, but the big one, of, you know, th- there's two big news stories basically regarding the world of college football. That, Can we get some breaking news sound or no? Is it uh, breaking? It's not really breaking. Mm, no, it's not breaking. Okay. I mean, yeah. Hank Bachmeyer is transferring from Boise State. Shit's so bad there yeah. that he's transferring out. Middle of the, middle of the year. He's yeah. just like, yeah. And I thought that they had just I'm enacted out. the rule about transfer portal. I thought that just started. Or maybe it starts after the season or something, Look. but there's only two transfer portal windows. Huh. And so he's in. Uh, Boise State is in trouble. I think that my theory that Brian Harson could get fired from Auburn and go back to Boise is is very much in play at this point Ooh. because this Double Boise dipping. team is Ooh. nothing like what we've we've come to see from Boise State, which was consistently you know the best team in the Mountain West yeah. um, and and competing with with Power Five programs, and that's just not the case right now. So Hank Bachmeyer's out, and I don't know where he's going to go. I don't know if he's going to be any good somewhere else, but it's inter- it's an interesting piece of news. And then the last piece of news is the hurricane. The whole well, uh, eastern seaboard is prepping for Hurricane Ian, I think. Ian? Ian, Ian. Yeah. Ian, if uh, you're from Ian. across the pond. That's true, mm. yeah. I think it's Ian domestically. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's been a big part of my handicaps this week. I'm staying away from a lot of those ACC games for that very They're reason. They're adjusting games, right? Yeah. Like, like times and schedules and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, it's really, really interesting what's going on. People are moving. Teams are practicing other places. So if you've been paying attention, yep. you can find some real value. But here's the thing. 
this week, more than any other week, I've noticed the value has evaporated. And we we usually come into the show with I have what usually four to six picks, and I, I usually have like forty two. I don't have that <laughs> many this week because the the market's already moved so much. Now I could do my thing if you want later in the show where I say the bets I already have just for the audience's knowledge, or if you guys want to know. But a lot of the bets I've made, it's moved drastically. Yes, because of the hurricane, but also because weird things in the market. So, uh, but to your piece of news. I mean, obviously, the first thing that we want to say, you know, thoughts and prayers to everyone out there. Hope you're safe. Hope you're sheltering out. I think in, in Florida, they have like a shelter in place. So no one's evacuating right now. Uh, yeah. But, uh, I don't know what the rules are. I know a lot of times I know that well, it's not bad enough. To, if it was to me moving, I would be the type to be like, I'm I'm boarding up my windows. I'm going to I'm going to ride this shit out. You wouldn't be one of the ones to like put your swimsuit on and go out there and try and get some camera time with the local news. No, no. But I, I wouldn't be packing up my car either. I would be like. I got this, and then my house would get washed away. But I'd be one of those people that was like, "No way, can this storm? You know, I'm gonna board up my windows, get some sandbags. Everything's gonna be fine, and then I'd probably die." But like well, that—that's how I would do it. See, so well, you just go up on your roof, and now you're on a boat. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but I don't know about a floating houseboat, per, you know, uh, personally. But yeah, I mean, it—they're uh, it, moving the South Carolina game to Thursday, I believe. Yeah, I think Florida is now playing on Sunday. So they're adjusting things. There's going to be, you know, weather's going to have a big effect. Obviously, when it comes to Hurricane Tyler's right, we want everyone to stay safe. But, like, personally, I love these kind of games. Like, I hope that there's, like, a monsoon game where the score is, like, 6-3 to three, and it's just, like, you know, an insane amount of rain because that's entertaining selfishly. But obviously, we, we, you know, we want people to be safe. No, for sure, first and foremost. But we get a lot of residual stuff. I think the Clemson total dropped from like around 50 to 40 yeah there's a ton of low totals wind rain a lot of bad wet games which means you got to hand the ball off can't throw it wet games the wet the wet games um but that's really all i had as far that's 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 basically it as far as college football news goes pretty dry on on news we haven't had a lot of fascinating news stories yeah this is just like we should we really need to bring back the segment we had uh last season which was what would be you know the craziest storyline possible in college mm, football? Like, I like, like that. inventing it, or we need to take a, a a page from South Park and do sexy action school news, where we just make stuff up. Mm. Yeah, that's always you well. Know. That actually goes hand in hand with what my because I believe the the story that I gave out that what I thought would be the craziest story in college football is that there's a Nick Saban sex tape and it leaks. Oh, so wow. maybe we just need to Gross. start that. We need to start a rumor. That there is a, a leaked <laughs> Nick Saban sex tape out there on the internet, and then a bunch of people will start Googling it. It'll get trending on Twitter. So for all of our listeners, start the trend. Get out on Twitter. Hashtag Nick Saban sex tape. But we didn't start it, did we? No, and like the, we'll, we'll create the backstories that it's an old one. It's from his time at the Dolphins. Um, you know, it's him with like a player's wife or something. <laughs> Certainly not with Miss Terry. Miss Terry would never... Uh, allow Ms. that Terry. to happen as far or, as being filmed. Or it is Miss Terry, and we just see she's a freak. Oh, man. <laughs> Miss Terry's just into some weird stuff, Don't do Miss Terry like that. <laughs> Come on. No, Miss Terry's a lady. Uh, Miss Terry. Uh, but that player's wife, who Nick Saban totally had sex with on camera back when he was the coach of the Dolphins, <laughs> not a lady at all, because that's a real thing. Get it trending. Uh, so. I can't believe you guys like fat-free Cheez-Its. You guys are great. <laughs> I'm I so don't. glad you're on my side. I don't. I was you two know, out of three. What? Yeah, still. That's still 33%. I don't like cheese. No, it's period. Sixty-six percent. Sixty-six percent that I that, that I like the real shit, dude. Come on, how dare you? That's true. If you were, although I don't remember what the there's some comedian out there that has a joke about you know yeah sure you like uh, with this context right like yeah I prefer um, 
you know, non, I like the regular Cheez-Its, but he's like, if you were having a sandwich that was 30, had 33% shit and 66% ham, <laughs> you wouldn't call it a ham sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there, there is that. So well, the great, enough. great delivery will, you should, uh, I know I nailed it. <laughs> you should do that on your next, um, uh, this segment, tell me about the segment that, that you prepared for us. So Tyler. yes, I wanted to, d- to dial back to our roots a little bit and, uh, get back to some pop culture. Back we love pop culture roots. on this show. Yep. Uh, obviously, you know, we love breaking games down. I think we have some of the best breakdowns. I mean, obviously I bring my professional betting side. You bring your vast college football side. It's good breakdowns that we always offer, but let's get back to some, some, uh, uh, pop culture type of stuff. Yeah. Back back to the basics. So, uh, what, what we have here are five clips anywhere from like 10 to 20 seconds from, uh, different movie trailers. The game is Ah. simple. Guess the movie. Okay, and these are common movies or not so common, a mix? For sure, common movies. Okay. Oh, man, I feel like I'm going to nail this. Me too. Let's go, Will. All right. I'm excited. All right, here's number one. What's going on here? You see, these aliens come from outer space. Hang on. Oh, yeah. It's not easy. It's a very easy. What is basketball? Space Jam. Jam. Come on. I remember seeing this as a kid. I went to Space Jam in theaters. I had a Toon Squad jersey. Uh, Michael Jordan was my hero. Like, what a great movie. And then LeBron James ruined it. Yeah, I don't know how many uh, youngsters would have gotten that, though. You think a lot of the youngsters have seen Space uh, Jam? Probably not. Probably not. Probably yeah. more the uh, most recent one. I, I didn't even watch the one with LeBron. No, me neither. I, I did. I, I did I watch it. I vote with my dollars. Was it, it was okay. It was real strange. Uh, uh, Don Cheadle played this uh, character, Algae Rhythm. <laughs> he was like the computer who was like controlling stuff. It was weird. Algae Rhythm. How are you going to name him Algae and not have like a an ocean theme? No, no, no. Algorithm was like the whole thing. Oh, algae I'm rhythm. stupid. Algae Got Rhythm. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It was like the computer, like living computer algorithm thing. I, LeBron just couldn't let, you know, sleeping dogs lie. He had to hey, go hey, and destroy space. Hey, get up LeBron's jam. back here, okay? He's a mother fear, motherfucking lyrical wordsmith. Okay, uh, let's go to the next one. All right. Here's number two. I think he's dangerous. <laughs> Jesus, I mean, you guys do nothing but complain about how you can't stand it in this place here, and then you haven't got the guts just to walk out. I mean, what do you think you are, for Christ's sake, crazy or something? I think I know this one. Name the movie. Is it Split? It is not. Oh. <sighs> okay. I thought I thought you guys would for sure get this one. No, this. Is it One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? I have another guess. It is. Correct, Will. Oh. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yes. Right. I've actually never seen that movie. It's yes. been so long. Now, let me ask you. Did the dialogue or did the music give it away? It was the music. Mm-hmm. For sure the music, oh, not the dialogue. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, it's been so long since I've seen it. I was just t- I was kind of taking a wild guess one there. One Flew Over. Okay. Nice job. Uh, let's get the next one. This here is Daisy Domergoo. Oh, yeah. She's wanted dead or alive for murder. When that sun comes out, I'm taking this woman to hell. Is there anybody here committed to stopping me from doing that? Well, well, well. Looks like Minnie's haberdashery is about to get cozy for the next few days. Yes, it does. Well, well, well. Well, well, well. I love this movie. The Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. Correct Mundo. Great movie. And you know what? You two got that. I think. I think half the audience didn't. I, well, I just love Tarantino movies. Yeah, me too. So, like, I, I picked up on that, and I know 
Uh, Kurt Russell's voice when I hear it. Big Kurt Russell. Well, also guy. Daisy Domergoo. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that name was sticks a with one. particular name. I actually thought it was a uh, uh, a Rob Zombie movie mm, with okay. a with a name like that. By the way, I brought up the audience. We now have listeners in every single state where there's a Power Five team. We're That's getting incredible. yeah, we're getting up nice. there. Yeah, we're getting. Where up are to, you at, Alaska people? Yeah. <laughs> why, why, are, why do we not have? Uh, well, I, to be honest, I'm not ruling out Alaska. I just went to every Power Five t- uh, a team, and we have one in at least every state. I wonder we, if we have any listeners in Hawaii. I'm not sure about. Think that. we have any Islanders? Maybe got, some transplants. We're getting up there. We're yeah. getting in the. Uh, I numbers. love that. Okay, a uh, couple left. Uh, Ryan, we got uh, what two left? Shout out the Duke Dogs. Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. Okay. So why'd you move here? My mom had to get a restraining order against my stepdad. He has emotional problems. Oh, I have those too. What kind of emotional problems does your dad have? I met a new friend. Real or imaginary? Imaginary. Uh, I know this. I I have no idea. Will knows. Um, this is it's Donnie Darko. It is Donnie Darko. Oh, yeah. I knew I yep. recognized her voice. Uh, that that's where I, I knew the actress. I was trying to to put it together. Man, I've seen that movie a lot too. I don't know how. I haven't seen it in a movie. while, but good movie. Yeah, right. Jake Gyllenhaal, shout out one of our uh, one of our more famous listeners. What? He's a fan. <laughs> um, all right, last one. And honestly, the first one was a little easier. I think you guys will get this one. But similar to uh, to uh, a couple of the others, I don't know about the younger audience. Mm. So we'll we'll see. You want to hear a story? I milked a cat once. A cat into the family. You know, just. I had no idea you could milk a cat. Oh, yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. <laughs> I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Oh. Dad. At what? least. What throws it off is the music, because at no point in the movie is there that music. When the music first started, I was like, oh, this is Boogie Nights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Meet the Parents. It is. Such it a is. good movie. Yeah, Classic the movie. Trailer, so. You're right. right. The young audience uh, has Let, missed a lot of good round movies. Of applause. Well, I think Will's five you five you took that segment well. Good job. Yeah, the no, Donnie Darko. Did you like that? Yes, movie? You like that? Okay. Yes. Great. Now, before we do the game breakdowns, we got to give a shout out to BetUS. Yes. BetUS, of course, the sponsor of our show. Uh, they keep the, the lights on. Uh, and if you're a listener and you're out there and certainly, you know, the majority of our listeners are probably betting on college football. Let's be honest. We give breakdowns. We talk about the gambling lines so much. And they're probably betting on other sports too. And you should be betting with BetUS. Uh, go to BetUS.com. Use our, our promo code TAILGATE. Uh, basically, that's going to let them know that we sent you there. It's going to help out the show. But more importantly, BetUS is an awesome sports book. So if you're in a state... That you know it, where it's not legal yet, you can use BetUS. It's an offshore uh, a sports book. So if you're in Texas, Mississippi, wherever uh, the states are where you're not allowed to legally bet on sports, you should be using that. And guess what? If you're in a state that it is legalized now, you should still be using BetUS because Tyler talks about it all the time being able to shop around different numbers. It matters. You know this Clemson NC State game. If the line is six and a half uh, at, at one sports book and it's seven at another, you want to have that option to find the the number that's more favorable for where you're taking that game. And uh, and that's why you should have a BetUS account. And you should give us, uh, you know, give us a little help by by joining BetUS and using the promo code Tailgate. Okay, and I have a best bet for our exclusive BetUS uh, users. There we go. Okay, so if you're using BetUS, please use use promo code Tailgate. It helps us out for sure. And we, I got I got a best bet. Now you can't find this anywhere else. I'm pretty sure except BetUS. Love it. Nowhere else. Okay. The Academy Awards coming up soon. The best director. So Steven Spielberg directed uh, the Fablemans, 
and it's getting all kinds of Hollywood love. Yeah, it's getting all kinds of Hollywood love. And you know, it's Holly- about a Jewish deli. When Hollywood starts kind of <laughs> sucking one director off, they all kind of like to join in the in the in the like, so to speak. Sucking. I'm, so- I'm sorry for uh, uh, for for any you know, this is a, a children's show, but I guess the uh, the uh, orgy of love goes to one specific person <laughs> and so you're seeing the odds fall here for spielberg he was plus 300 a couple weeks ago then down to 200 now plus 150 i love steven spielberg plus 150 best director either him or sarah Pauly is going to get it but sarah Pauly currently plus 400 i know the four to one seems appealing i don't love it at all so my best bet for all of our bet us users steven spielberg best director for the academy awards plus 150 that's a nice little nugget for you. What's your favorite Steven Spielberg movie? Just right off the top of the dome. Uh, top of the dome. I mean, I like E.T. It, that's underrated Classic. Spielberg. Um, underrated? Well, look, again, <laughs> how many people name E.T. is like a... But, but no, no one gives E.T. to love that I'm it I'm going to agree with you on that one. It's it, it's maybe not the first one that comes to mind. For me, I'm going Indiana Jones. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, E.T., great movie. Love E.T. Uh, I like uh, Catch Me If You Can is always oh, good. Oh, I didn't know that was Spielberg. That is Spielberg. Wasn't it a Spielberg joint? I don't know about that. A Spielberg joint. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, what about The Terminal? Oh, yeah, another Tom Hanks one. I've never seen that one. No, you never seen the Terminal? No, I mean, I felt like when I saw the trailer, I was like, I get it. He lives in the Terminal. What's, <laughs> oh, why do I need to see the rest do of this movie? Do I need movie? to spend two he hours He probably on makes this? a friend. He probably ends up out of the Terminal, you know, get, gets a life at some point. It's a true point. story, by the way. Let me say something, okay? Can I, can, is it okay if I say something, Ryan? Say something. Sure. As someone like Will, <laughs> who considers himself a movie buff, a buff. I, I think that's bullshit, that he th- hears a movie with such a boring plot I didn't and therefore say it was boring you, I like you reject I it. it you renege it you think you're above a classic Tom fa- Tom Hanks uh, flick I love Tom Hanks movies uh, but like again like I just I, I wonder and maybe I'm wrong here uh, but I'm guessing there's not a lot of M-, M. Night Shyamalan twists in the terminal <laughs> my guess is that he's a foreigner that you lives in the terminal actually he doesn't have a visa he can't get out and then maybe he makes a friend and okay, you know okay. to finish this conversation a love interest a lady football. perhaps that's like a janitor at the Bef- terminal before we finish this okay what did you think of the movie um, Castaway? Uh, I like Castaway. Good okay, movie. so what if someone said, which is a movie about some guy on an island? I mean, how good <laughs> can that be? Or, uh, you can't I re- mean, that's fair. You can't reduce movies to their most minimalistic state and say, oh, it's just about that. Well, I wasn't even saying that it was like a bad movie, but what I was saying is- Will's like, got to be worked up. I felt like it was one I didn't have to see. Now, with Castaway- great movie you're right it's about like the struggle it's not about like oh he's just on an island or whatever it's it's like a whole other deal but well, that maybe being in said, the terminal it's about the struggle and i just said he's in well, an airport that being said i'm sorry the terminal there's a sabaro like right next to him <laughs> yeah he's got to live know, off of he, a he, cinnabon he for speak you know English. he speaks the very like, broken he does not know even <laughs> if i hadn't seen castaway i could probably be like yeah i mean he's on an island he probably gets rescued at some point maybe he almost dies mm-hmm. and that that is basically think, what happened i think he's yeah, more open mind. Uh, I wouldn't have known about right. Wilson, yeah. but yeah. you know Spielberg. Spielberg plus one fifty bet US promo code tailgate. <laughs> okay, love it. <laughs> that's um, a little that's a little burrito of the uh, read right there. Throw that in a parlay with some of our picks Ooh, this weekend. Yes. That's what I'm thinking. Yes. So we're gonna start off. We I, I think we have ten or so games to break down. Uh, some good matchups this weekend. We start out in the ACC. Wake Forest at Florida State right now. The Seminoles are seven-point home favorites against Wake Forest, who just took Clemson to double overtime. I was surprised when I saw this line, Tyler. I think that that Wake Forest's offense is really good. We just saw them score a ton of points on Clemson. Now, again, 
I don't know if that game reflected more on maybe that Clemson's defense isn't as good as we thought it was or that Wake Forest is maybe just super good at home versus on the road here. But to go on the road at Florida State here, and I know Florida State is much improved. I think they're a good team. But I can't help myself here. I feel like I, 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 I want to take Wake Forest plus seven points here. Talk me out of it. Ooh, talk you out of it. Talk me out of it. I can't talk you out of it. Um, I, I think Wake Forest plus seven is the side I lean with here. The reason, by the way, it is plus seven is uh, – with the weather, we talked about the hurricane. It's at Florida State. Um, they're expecting wind, rain, if they even play there. And by the way, mm. uh, uh, Wake Forest head coach Dave Clawson came out and said, quote, you certainly hope the ACC office makes the right decision. And if they don't, we will. Mm. So so he thinks they're going to move it back to Wake Forest? He thinks they're going to move it to a neutral site or, or somewhere close. But here's the thing. One of two things. Either... They're going to play in the weather, which is assumed right now. Mm-hmm. They're going to play at Florida State, which is a huge downgrade for Wake Forest. They want to throw the football. Heavy, right. They want to really air that thing out. And if you take away the vertical ability, suddenly Florida State's got a huge advantage. I mean, in terms of the defensive line against uh, Wake Forest offensive line, if it's a clear running situation, Florida State's going to have a huge edge here. So mm. I do lean Wake Forest plus seven because what I think happens is we move to a neutral field. We get a rogue number. Maybe change, it changes to five five and a half, but right now, this is a weird week. Um, a couple reasons. One, the weather, which we you know are going to go in depth for a lot of games, but if they end up changing the venue, that's 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 a, a couple points. You know, home field is worth two points, so for so sure. it's at least a couple point move. So that that changes, and this is around the time of the season, regardless of weather or anything like that, where the pros start to get a real hold of what they like, and numbers move like crazy. I mean. I have a couple bets, which, again, I, I may have brought this up earlier, or we did it before the recording. I don't know if you want me to t- tell the audience or you know tell let everyone know my bets, but there are a couple lines that you're not going to get again, and they're so far gone. You don't get this usually. You don't get this many lines who have just that have evened out and sharpened out by Wednesday morning, pretty much. Um, now, if you want to do you know any like like money line parlays or, or anything like that i do like i do like these teams at these or at, at these old lines should i share this will yeah sure okay. uh michigan minus 10 against iowa uh lsu minus 7 against auburn and uh by the way michigan is currently at minus 11 right so i don't love it anymore uh, lsu is is currently minus nine and a half against auburn and minnesota minus 10 against purdue that's up to 12 and a half so what you'll usually find is i mean if Minnesota is going to go from 10 to 12 and a half, what it usually looks like is it goes from 10 to 10 and a half to 11 by the time we record, and then maybe up to 12 on Saturday morning. You never see this. And so what this tells me is the market was slow this year, very slow, and these lines have been taken up, and the Hurricanes putting a lot of dents in these handicaps that's really tough to price in the uncertainty. So uh, regardless of all that, I like Wake Forest plus seven for uh, a couple of reasons. Wake, 15th offensive FEI. If they do get a situation where they can throw the football, they've been so so effective, so efficient this year. And last week, I mentioned this on the uh, Sunday podcast, Sam Hartman answered all my questions about can he stay in the pocket, can he throw, yep. not have to run. They look good in that situation. And Wake Forest, it's been really sporadic this year, what they've done. And I really want your input with this, okay? So Wake Forest is 27th in drive value rate. What that means is where do you start on the field and how far do you move the football? Wake Forest is 27th in the country in expectation there. Okay, so they move the ball based on where they get it. But they're 106th in first downs gained per drive. Hmm. So 
They're scoring and moving the football without first downs. These Big are long plays. plays. They're getting good field position and taking advantage of it. And when they get bad field position, field position, they punt. Okay, so I'm not sold that Wake can be in a, in, in a game where they're getting pinned back and consistently have an 80-yard drive, 70-yard drive, 60-yard drive. So that's just a weird stat, right? They're, they're almost a top 25 team in terms of drive value, but they're almost last, you know, at least bottom 30 in first downs per drive. So, again, I take from that long plays, chunk plays, scoring on these long, you know, and that matters because that's part of their offense. They need those, uh, that, that ability to go downfield. Hmm. So you have to ask yourself, well, how does FSU protect against the, the big play, the long play? And FSU actually has given up, I think, uh, here it is, eight catches over 20 yards this year. So Wake Forest needs the big play. Florida State gives up the big play. My whole question is, what's the atmosphere going to be like? Is it going to be raining in 15-mile-an-hour wind in Florida State? Or are they going to move to some dome sure. or some, some neutral field where Wake Forest can use their offense to their advantage? Well, so yep. yeah, I, I lean Wake right now. Sorry, I, I'm just looking at the hurricane oh. tracker right now. Yeah. And um, depending on – I've never been in a hurricane or anything like that Um Born and raised in Colorado, but Saturday at 2 p.m. It's supposed to be up in the Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia area. And I don't, area, I don't area, think the, area. I don't think the issue is nearly. Here's the issue: it's is, the aftermath. Exactly the residual weather. You're right, a exactly. lot of wind, a lot of rain, and did it fuck anything up around the stadium? Sure. And did it mess anything up? Not necessarily at the stadium either. Just like in the in the in the radius, right? To where it's an issue. There's a lot of stuff going on. And yeah. I would assume we're not playing these games where they're scheduled to be played right now. Sure. So that that's my handicap. I do like Wake plus seven, and uh, you're not going to get a, a bet board game out of me there. So. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like, um, you know, I, I I think that Florida State is a super improved team, and Jordan Travis, I mean, he may be the most improved quarterback from last year to this year in the whole country. Honestly, his throwing ability has improved so much. Um, from where he started and the only thing that maybe worries me is that you're right if the weather comes in into account here it's going to be which team is better at running the ball but I, I'm I'm not I haven't seen enough out of Florida State's defense here to really trust them to be able to hold down Wake Forest enough to cover you know more than seven points so that's why I'm leaning uh, Wake plus seven here as well so I guess we're both on Wake well so advanced stats I'm going to talk a lot this show about FEI and just to kind of lay that out, because I know sometimes I have a, a habit of like throwing these stats out and not explaining what they are. FEI is a uh, football outsider stat that normalizes for opponent and play by play, drive by drive. They break everything down. So FEI is like normalized statistics to to give a representation of how good teams are. So Wake Forest fifteenth offensive FEI, fifty fifth defensive FEI, uh, Florida State thirty first. Offensive FEI, 36th. Defensive FEI. So, mm. Florida State's look good. I'm not going to lie about that. They, they've actually been one of the more impressive teams, but that's because our expectation going into the year was, is this a 7- or 9-win team? Like, no one right. was thinking Florida State's going to be elite. So, again, look at FEI. They're right there in the 30s, which is good. It's, it's even very good, but not great. So, let's not overreact to Florida State yet. You know, I think if this comes down to a all things equal game, which doesn't include weather, Wake Forest plus seven is the uh, the clear play here for me. So Okay, so we're both on Wake. Uh, we move on to NC State at Clemson. We're sticking in the ACC. More hurricane weather uh, games. Right now, 
Clemson a six and a half point home favorite over the Wolfpack. Now, NC State was a team that Tyler, I know you were really high on going into this year. I was high on well, as well. I was high on going into last year. Yeah, for sure. And they brought back enough talent to really be a they good team. They brought back this like everybody. They did. And, you know, Dylan Leary, they bring back, uh, like, I think nine starters on defense, like, basically their entire offensive line. And I'm not going to lie, so far, NC State has been extremely underwhelming for me. Uh, I don't think that they've been performing at the level that I would expect them to. I, you know, they did get a good win against Texas Tech. Um, but. Outside of that, like I haven't been that impressed with them, and now they go at Clemson, where Clemson coming off, you know, a win, but a really scary one at Wake Forest, where their defense gave up a ton of points. Um, and I think what you look at NC State compared to Wake Forest, right, as far as how many points that they can maybe score on Clemson, Wake Forest. You mentioned they're a team that wants to throw the ball around. I think Dylan Leary is a good quarterback, but I don't think Dave Dorn uh, and NC State's head coach wants to be a team that's going to you know line up and, and throw the ball 40 times a game i think he wants to run the ball first and that's where i think clemson is much better against the run than they are against the pass right now um i think that clemson is looking for a big turnaround week at home especially from their defense where they, they have to fix a lot of problems and this is a spot where i feel like clemson gets as weird as it is to say they got a win last week but they get a bounce back game here and i know that nc state should be highly motivated to win this game uh, you know, the, Clemson, of course, being the team that's beaten up on the ACC now for like a decade. But I, I lean Clemson minus six and a half here in this spot. All right. So I'm not going to lie. I don't have a ton of bet board games this week. OK, I'm coming in with my games I had earlier and I don't have that much. It's for a lot of different reasons, but I just don't have a lot on the board this week. So I will make this a bet board game if you'll give me seven. And here's the only difference for you. You're getting the push if if, if you get that crucial seven and it wins. Right. The, yeah, the, but not the win. <laughs> but you're not going to a loss. It's not going seven to a seven and a half, right? That's a lot more important coming mm. off the import off that number than it is going on the number. So if you just give me seven, that way, worst case scenario, we both push the game if it lands on that key number that we're debating about, uh, I would be willing to take NC State. So the reason why I'm doing this too is because I don't know if we're gonna have another bedboard game. And I want to have one for the for the show, for the audience. We might, but I, but you know we me. Might. I don't bet these games unless I really have a strong opinion. Yeah, of course. And, and so this kind of falls in that category. If I can get NC State plus seven, I do like them here. Now, there's a lot going both ways for each team. Okay, the the over under I mentioned this one earlier. It's fallen to forty. It's like a, like a, like a touchdown difference because right. of the weather. So I agree with seven's Will. a big number for such a low uh, total as well, right? I mean, seven points in a forty to- point total. Seems like a lot. I'm glad you brought that up. Or is that not? Is that kind of a misnomer? That is a that is a myth. People think, and I thought this for a long time too, but until you have access to data and a lot of stats, you don't understand this stuff. Data or data? I say data. Oh, wow. What do you say? I say data. You say data? I think I say both. I think it's like uh, completely based off my mood. It's like a mood ring. Yeah. (laughs) If I go data. Um, Sorry to interrupt your flow. No. I just just popped into my head. I was in such a a flow there. Yeah. yeah, it was about, was about the how the seven, misnomer. the misnomer of seven being oh, a lot that is because right. the low total. Yeah, most people think, of, and it does make logical yeah. sense. If it's a low total, if you have a plus seven team with a low total, you have a better opportunity to 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 win to catch that ticket because how are they going to cover seven if the over or under is forty? They're going to mm. have to score. You know, I mean, if if the over under is forty, it's minus seven. That means they're expecting one team to win what twenty four seventeen, pretty much twenty four sixteen. Okay, or around that. That's seven or eight. So, what happens is 
the two markets become independent of one another, and a lot of people start betting on the the underdog compared to the money line. Mm-hmm. So typically, what you're going to get if the favorite is more than seven and the over under is like less than forty two. The favorite's going to cover, and this is top of my head because I don't have the numbers in front of me, around 56, 57% of the time. Interesting. So it is such a, a, and it's not that much to be like, oh my God, it's 60% or 65 But what that means is people go the wrong direction in those situations on average. Not saying this isn't like a good or bad or sharp or not sharp bet, but in general, No, that's I'm glad not, you brought that up because yeah, that, that, I figured like, oh, but you're right. Like uh, they, they actually shouldn't be correlated, right? Exactly. It's not the case when you look at it. So my handicap here is both teams do look average, but Clemson's defense is not as advertised. And on top of that, think about what we've said about NC State all year and all of last year. The talent is there. The coaching staff is there. They just can't put it together. Well, if there's one game where they can put it together, it's against a team they've had circled for the last couple of years that's not at their elite, po- their elite point. Right. And I've mentioned this before on this show. If you've gotten beat up by a bully, you know, for a couple of years, and that bully is finally a little weak, are you going to take it easy and say, look, there, or are you going to look at that as an opportunity to fucking take some revenge and do what you've been wanting to do for a long time. I think that's in the spot NC State's in right now. So they've got the talent to do it. They've got the coaching staff to do it. But they have looked pedestrian. That's why I don't like love this game or anything like that. Look at what they've done this year. They got outgained by Texas Tech by 100 yards. Now they won the turnover battle by three, but you can't right. rely on that. Um, uh, major question marks about their offensive line efficiency. So I, I don't think NC State is this like clear ACC favorite that I thought they were. But if you give me plus seven against a Clemson team that I don't know how they're going to handle bouncing back from that close win. They got the win, so is the venom going to be there? Is Debo Sweeney, by the way, Debo Sweeney, number one in college football on punting where analytics say you should go for it. Oh, he's conservative. Hmm. He's an NFL coach. What that means, yeah, exactly. What that says to me is he doesn't have confidence in this offense. He doesn't have confidence mm. to go for it on fourth and one, fourth he's and two, chicken. where everyone else is going for it. Is that stat just this year? Just this year. Okay. Just oh, this interesting. Season. Yeah, just this season. So for those reasons, look, we haven't made it an official one yet, but if you want to give me seven based on that you know, breakdown and everything. We have a I'll- bet board. We got a bet board game. We'll, Ryan, do, we'll do it at seven. We got a bet board game at seven. All right. All right, so I'll take Clemson minus seven. You're going to take NC, NC State, State plus seven. Boomer Sooner. I'm giving you a half line here because you know what? <laughs> I want the bet board win this year. And yeah. I, I think in order to do that, I'm going to have to, to make some moves. I'm going to have He's to get dangerous. You know, I'm going to have to get dangerous. Uh, we move on to the Big 12. I o- also like to live dangerously. <laughs> Oklahoma State at Baylor. Currently, the Baylor Bears are two-point home favorites here against the Cowboys. Interesting, interesting number here. Very interesting number. Now, I f- it's weird enough. I feel like Baylor is the public team here, which I, I, Baylor's not usually going to be a public team. But again, like the year they had last year, they get the win against uh, Iowa State Bears on the for road sure as a, the public team here. for sure, right? And so, but he, like both these teams are typically teams that are not public teams because they're not like name brand schools, right? Well, typically, but Baylor's played against BYU prime time. Everyone watched, right? And then last week, Iowa State. Everyone watched as an underdog on the road. Yeah, yeah. So Baylor's got a lot of that. By the way, the look ahead line last week, one week ago, uh, today, one week ago, uh, the look ahead line was Oklahoma State minus one. Wow. After Baylor beat Iowa State, and the Cowboys had a bye week, it's now moved to two and a half. So three and a half point upgrade in one week for Baylor. And so Oklahoma State's coming off a bye, and and the money is still flowing in on Baylor. 
And, you know, I look at the last two two games between these two teams, the, the last two matchups, because that's when Dave Arana came to Baylor. And even in his first year at Baylor, uh, they really weren't very good. But you look at his defense. We all know about Dave Aranda being, you know, a, a great defensive mind. He's been really good against Oklahoma State specifically. You know, the last two years, you've got uh, 16 points and 24 points scored by Oklahoma State in those two games. And, and though that's not a lot. And I look at Baylor, to me, they're a team that's maybe hitting their stride. I like Blake Shapin. He's been really efficient. He's got seven touchdowns, only one interception. I feel like he's getting better and better here. I don't love that Oklahoma State is coming off by. I don't love that money has swung towards Baylor. But right now, again, I feel like Baylor is hitting their stride. And even though they're a public team, I'm going to take Baylor minus two here at home. Ryan, we've got a bedboard game. I love <laughs> it. Baby. I didn't think that would happen. Okay, so... My, my my point earlier is is my starting point for this handicap. It doesn't make sense to me. This line a week ago, you, they don't put opening lines up for fun. They do it because they think that's the correct number. And a week ago, Oklahoma State's minus one. Now they're plus two. That's way too big of an adjustment after one game. That By the way, I had Baylor in. Like I bet Baylor that game. I thought they would win that game. I had a money line. I had a plus three, plus two and a half. Everywhere you could have them. But, but I saw a lot that game that really turned me off. You realize that Baylor won that game because of two second half turnovers. Right. And we'll get to that in a sec. But Baylor allowed Iowa State, who's 80th in offensive efficiency, to throw for almost 300 yards. They just shot themselves in the foot. They had 13.5, 13.5 expected points taken off the board in the second half due to those two, two uh, interceptions. And one of the two interceptions, they were on a drive where they it was a 10-play drive, 60 yards. They had driven clear down the field in scoring position and they threw the pick then when they when when they at least had three on the board if not if not a touchdown yeah. so you start taking those points off the board start giving Baylor all those opportunities of course they're going to cover and look, and look good but I, I think it was a little deceiving so I didn't see anything super impressive from Baylor's defense and they're going against a much much better offense than Iowa State so let's compare some numbers here okay offensive FEI Iowa State, and the reason I'm comparing Iowa State and Oklahoma State is to compare their offenses. And so we can look back at last week what they did and then what they might do this this upcoming week. Mm-hmm. Iowa State so far, 37th offensive FEI, Oklahoma State 22nd. Uh, in terms of drive value rate, we talked about it a couple times. Where do you start? Where do you finish based on expectation? Iowa State 73rd in the country, Oklahoma State 34th. And then touchdown scored per drive, Iowa State 74th in the country, Oklahoma State 27th. So... These offenses are very different. What Iowa State couldn't do last week, Oklahoma State will be able to do, and Iowa State picked them apart. Again, 300 yards through the air almost. I think it was 287, something like that. They ran the football efficiently, and Oklahoma State looks better across the board. But with Oklahoma State, to me, it's about their defense. It was last year, and believe it or not, it is against this year. Oklahoma State's 18th in first downs allowed per drive and 15th in busted drive rate. What that means is how many opponent drives gain zero or negative yards. Oklahoma State's 15th in the country. This is a good defense that's getting better and better. And here's what happened to me. I didn't realize this last year when I was betting on him doing this. In the offseason, doing a deep dive on Gundy, a couple years ago, he said in a post-game interview that he wanted to focus more on defense. He thought that was how you've been the Big 12. He's brought that to life. I, I didn't realize that. I didn't understand it until now. The stats showed, and I go, retroactively, I'm looking at what he did. He made a conscious effort at the end of the, the COVID year to change his defense, make it all about defense. He's like, wait a minute. 
we can win with defense in the Big 12 as long as we are above average with offense. And he's done that. Again, 15th in the country in busted drive rate. That's, that's not, you don't get that in the Big 12. You just don't get that for those kind of teams. So I know the reason why people won't want to bet on Oklahoma State this game is because they don't have that win. And I get it. I, I, I There is something to that. I will admit 100%. There is something to Oklahoma State's played no one. 119th in strength of schedule, according to PFF College. So right. it's horrible what they've done so far. And uh, Baylor's played... BYU and Iowa State. That's not enough to overcome my handicap. So I'll take Baylor or uh, Baylor. <laughs> you see where my mind's at right now? I'll <laughs> oh, take yeah. Oklahoma State. He's going with Cowboys plus two. The pokes exactly, and I think that it's a good spot for him. I like that. I like everything right now, and I think Gundy surprised a lot of people, and uh, they could be a live dog. So. Yeah, I mean, again, like you mentioned, I'm glad you brought it up because that was going to be my next point. Is that I just ha- we haven't seen Oklahoma State do it. I mean, they've played Central Michigan, Arizona State, and Arkansas Pine Bluff, and, and that's, that's a real not thing. A, it's I not agree an impressive with you. schedule. A hundred percent. That's a very real thing. That's why advanced analytics matter, right? And that's why normalizing and adjusting for opponent matters for sure. And so you still look at Oklahoma State, who's you know top twenty, top fifteen offensive defense for those stats. Still, I gotta respect what they've done in the past and. Another little nugget here we didn't mention. This is a revenge game. This is last year's good Big point. 12 championship where Baylor won a close coin flip. That was a 50-50 game. The, the money line was minus 110 each way with like uh, seven, eight minutes left in the game last year. Yeah. So that's on top of uh, everything else. So Very good point. I, I forgot about the, re- the revenge factor there. And to me, like, yeah, Baylor's played a tougher schedule. But the other point is like Baylor hasn't looked... Uh, nearly as good as what I think that they should be. Like, to me, there's so much room for improvement. I don't even really know they've played a good game yet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they've they lost to BYU. That was a, a pretty bad performance. They got the win against Iowa State. We don't know what Iowa State is. I don't think they're that good. And some may say that's because uh, they played a tough schedule. So so they're, they're bad. But, but here's my point is if – let's just play the if-then if, if, game, right? If – Oklahoma State is as good or even better than they were last year, which we haven't even ruled that out yet. Right. It actually then it actually benefits them from having the bye week and not playing a tough schedule yet because they're healthy. Right. Baylor's banged up. They have. Yeah. You go through the ringer like that. This is what we say about the SEC. The reason why it's so tough is because at week in week out you're going through the grinder. We're talking about good offensive lines. We're talking about every play. You got to fight for it. Oklahoma State hasn't had that yet. So if Oklahoma State is that level. A lot of positives going that way. This, yeah, this week, and the so. bye week is huge. Uh, you know, to me, like uh, what I look at is the upside of like if Baylor actually plays like what should be a good game. I feel like you know the, the, they they should be the better team. But again, we're gonna find out. So we have two bet boards already. Yep. Uh, and I'm not gonna lie. I think we might have another one. So we'll see. <laughs> uh, we move on to Iowa State minus three at Kansas. I mean, wow. I I love this match. I mean, wow. I love this Jimmy. I mean, wow. I mean, wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, I want to ride with Kansas so hard. Hey, I'm going to use the uh, little ladies room. Is that all right? He's going to use the little ladies room. Um, all right. Grip I, it and rip it, Willie. I really want to to ride with Kansas here because they're the hype team right now, right? For sure. <coughs> Excuse me. They like Everyone's rooting for Kansas right now. No one's hating on Kansas. Even if you're a Kansas State fan at this point, like, can you even hate on Kansas? Like, It's not a... Uh, it's not really a, like a, a hardcore rivalry because Kansas State been so much better. I mean, talk about. I want to know who the that, haters are. Talk about a team that hasn't really played anybody yet. 
Yeah, that's a very good point. <laughs> haven't, haven't played anybody. I mean, yes, Duke was undefeated, but is Duke really that good of a team? No, I mean, Duke's, a, again, like, but we're talking basketball schools. <laughs> it, it, all come, it all comes full circle. Um, but I look at Iowa State, and, you know, again, like, they're 3-1. and one. Um, I, I think that their defense has, has maybe played better than expectation, but I look at Hunter Deckers and Jarrell Brock, who are you know, essentially the, the engine for this offense. Um, they still, you know, Hutchinson, of course, uh, the receiver is, is kind of the guy that, um, that, you know, brings back the experience on the offense. He's kind of the most experienced guy. Sure. But I look at Drill Brock and, and Hunter Deckers. To me, they're super talented, and you see flashes of it in Iowa State so far, but they've been really bad with turnovers. But here's the thing: is that again, we talk about Kansas. You're not fading Jayhawks, are you? <sighs> Come on, Will. Well, here's the thing: is that the, Kansas is going to be a public team here. That's crazy. <laughs> That's insane to to say. And I love uh, I love what what Jalen Daniels is doing. I love what Kansas is doing. I, I think that that uh, uh, Leipold, what's his first name? Lance Leipold. Leopold Stotch. Leopold Stotch. But shout out Butters. <laughs> um, Kansas is doing great things. But it should concern you that Kansas is a public favorite. And like Smitty said, they haven't played anyone here. I don't know what Iowa State is. I know that they they show a lot of flash and potential at moments. They showed it against Baylor. They showed it against Iowa, but they've been turnover prone. But something tells me that Kansas is not going to be, you know, they're not going to just be like the most precise offense that, that's, you know, uh, you know, isn't going to be turning the ball over. So I think this could be an ugly game with lots of turnovers, sure. fumbles, interceptions. Um it sucks so hard. I like my heart wants me to just go with Kansas because it's Kansas and I want to ride with them. But my brain is telling me Iowa State minus three. Tyler, where are you? Uh, I think the moment might be a little too big for Kansas. (laughs) (laughs) Will's got, I think Will's got a little sharp, but I'm rooting for him, but Will's uh, gotten sharper. I mean, I can't believe what I'm, I'm hearing right now. Will fading the Jayhawks. On I'll this be kind square of at some point. Don't worry. It's, it's, <laughs> it's coming out. Well, not right now because this is the quintessential idea of a sharp play. Take an Iowa State here, right? Iowa State has not it looked sucks, good. It sucks, man. Like, I want to root for Kansas. You look at what Kansas has done, the headlines, the national, and they have the stats to back it up. Like, this is a good, sure. efficient offense. I can't for believe sure. what they've done. Super good offense. But, the, I mean, this is where Matt Campbell will – prove to be the elite coach this is where sure. iowa state will prove to be the elite team clip like, that yeah <laughs> <laughs> we just got to Matt campbell an elite coach in the same sentence you got we, we've got to go back to the preseason expectations and where we saw each of these teams yep. and even though kansas has already exceeded that they're not the talent level that iowa state is right now exactly and i always use this example right motivation will bring you so far it doesn't matter how much LeBron James may have disrespected me. If we play one-on-one, he's going to win, right? It doesn't matter how much motivation I have going into the game. Give yourself some credit, Tyler. Yeah, exactly. Maybe in one <laughs> Maybe if you just watch Space games. Jam. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so sitting here, I, I just don't think no matter how motivated Kansas is, you know, uh, you know, all these things to prove, they're not going to be able to, I think, compete on the lines – 60 minutes, win this thing by three points, or, you know, cover the three points. So I'll take Iowa State as a favorite on the road. It sucks so hard that Kansas didn't end up getting ranked in the top 25 by the AP because if they lose this game, like, you know, they're probably not going to be ranked the rest of the year. Um, I think that I, like you mentioned, obviously Kansas completely exceeding expectations. 
I think Iowa State is maybe doing that. Um, I, you know, this was supposed to be a down year for Iowa State, losing Brock Purdy, losing Brees Hall, and this is like the the quintessential Iowa State Matt Campbell team, which is the second no one's talking about them. They start to outperform. They were really close to beating Baylor. I mean, you mentioned it. If not for an interception that, frankly, was like a tip and was really lucky, um, Iowa State potentially wins that game, and they're four and zero at this point. And so. Yeah. Like to me, they're exceeding expectations. Their defense is really well coached and physical. And so as much as honestly, I may just be rooting for Kansas just as a fan, I think Iowa State gets the cover here. I think they win uh by by more than three. Okay. So let's go through some rankings real quick. <clears throat> I know you're not happy that Kansas State's not in the top twenty five. I am but as I've said, the AP top twenty five is it's a fucking joke. Okay, it's funny. It's like the creators of Cheez Its should make the top twenty five. It'd be more accurate. That's what I think, okay? I know we... Are little. you saying that... Wait, so is Kansas or Iowa State fat-free here? Hmm. Iowa State's fat-free? You, you have regular strength Kansas and fat-free Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Phil Steele's rankings. Where do you think they have Kansas ranked in the hierarchy of college football? Currently? Currently. Uh, I would guess that Kansas is, is in the top 25. I would guess, like, you know, not top 20, but... Somewhere in that twenty to twenty-five range. Okay, Ryan. Uh, thirty plus. Uh, Will guesses top twenty-five. Ryan guesses thirty plus. They are in the eighties. Kansas is of crap. Phil Steele's power rankings. Let, let's not I stop there. I was went a hundred. Let's not stop I there. Tyler has just said I was sharp, I and I just blew it. <laughs> Let, let's not uh, stop there. Let's go to uh, uh, Brad Powers. Brad Powers, very very. Uh, elite public handicapper. A lot of people respect his power rankings. I think they're one of the sharpest in the in the industry, to be honest. Publicly. Another fan of our show, by the way. Uh, yes. Uh, where do you think Brad. he has them in terms of a, a pure analytics power ranking point of view? I'll just tell you if you guys don't want to play the guess game again. 40. Uh, 69th, Kansas. Yeah, I was going to go 60s. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then my Recency power, rank- bias, my, my power rankings, to wrap everything up, uh, my power rankings have them... Seventy uh, first. Okay, so it actually proves my point that we should have seen the AP. Uh, we should have seen Kansas in the AP top twenty five because they're usually <laughs> so bad. Here's the right? thing: we're overreacting to certain sure. things. Yes, and, absolutely. And here's what we're also forgetting: preseason expectations matter. What we often forget when teams go 3-0, and have a great start, is, okay, what do we expect before the season? And that's why win totals mean a lot. Now, if Kansas wins 10 games this year, they will have shattered expectations more than any team in history. If they win seven games this year, they're bordering on that. So I think they finish around six, seven wins. No more, no less. They're going to be an average team. And what we've seen so far has greatly, greatly, greatly inflated the perception of Kansas. No one who knows what they're doing has them above 60, much less 50. So my point here is we're overreacting here. It's a narrative-driven thing. This is exactly this is why I say this is the quintessential sharp play, right? Is because or actually that was for yeah is is because everyone in the world is saying, look at Kansas, look what they've done, look at you know they're getting all well, the it's, attention. It's, it's, it's the shock factor. Kansas yeah, hundred percent. It's a good point. It's where for they were so supposed many to go, years, and we and we always talk about expectation. And right. so look, I like Kansas. They actually have a very good offense, but. Iowa State's a really good football team. Right. Here. So to suddenly be three points against Kansas is crazy to me. Right. Well, and, and right. Where would that preseason line have been? Oh my yeah, god! It's double exactly. digits. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Crazy. Well, well, and, and it 
just given their lack of success over the years, they're an easy team to root for. For sure. So the people that don't know what they're talking about, yeah, why are, why isn't Kansas in the top 25? And, yep. and on and on again. And, and by like, the way. Okay, beat Iowa State. We'll throw you in the top 25 and see what you do. Brad Powers here has Kansas as his second most upgraded team in the entire country. He's upgraded them over a touchdown. Right, so they basically started out like right. 120th, yeah, but now exactly. they're at like 65th or whatever. Yeah, which so. is completely. By the way, around them right now, around like the early 60s to late to early 70s, is Fresno State, Stanford, East Carolina, California. Right. Uh, uh, you know, where Bo- are the Duke Dogs? Boise's there. <laughs> James Madison's actually mid 50s. There we go. Shout yeah. out Duke Dogs. 55 for James Madison. But uh, Duke Dogs, how about them last week? How about the Duke Dogs? Hey, great pick. Great great pick. pick. All right, all right, all right. So So we're both on Iowa State minus three. We are. Okay. We move on to the Pac-12, Oregon State at Utah. I don't have much for this game. Okay, I got a quick one. I mean, look, Utah, a 10-point home favorite here against Oregon State. You look at the Beavers. They almost took down Southern Cal last week. The Beavers, MIT? Uh, No, the the other Beavers. Sorry, Oregon State, other coast, wrong coast. Um, it, It was poor quarterback play from Chance Nolan. You know, the total was 70. I gave out the over. Big time genius move. Tyler just called me a sharp. Count it. Yes. Um, <laughs> and that game was like 17-14 or something. It was super low scoring. I'll clip it. Their their defense played really well against USC, but I, I can't remember what the term was. Tyler, you talked about this on uh, last year, I think. Is it the snowball moment or what's the uh, where you let one loss turn into two? Oh, that's the uh, the dream crusher. <laughs> the dream crusher. <laughs> I know where Smitty's head was at just now. It's, it's, um, because, it's because for the season, if you have a – what that the definition is of a dream crusher is when your season expectation becomes unattainable. Okay. So maybe I don't know if this is a, perfectly fits that mold, but to me, like, Oregon State had their moment last their, – their chance last week with a big game against USC at home. They almost get the win they lose, and now this is a dangerous spot going on the road at Utah, which is a tough place to play. For sure. Um, we know that Utah is really good, and I feel like these are two teams that, you know, again, the public has probably downgraded Utah just based off of their loss against Florida week one, uh, where I feel like that was – uh, that week one game, especially, like I think if Utah played Florida right now, where now we know what both teams are, I think Utah probably wins that game. Oh yeah, I think the fact that that game was week one had a huge effect on the outcome of that because we just didn't know what to expect from a Billy Napier Florida team. We didn't know what to expect from either team, whatever. And so, I think that a lot of people are going to want to lean Beavers plus ten here. But what I saw is that. The USC defense was able to find ways to to make Chance No One look bad. Um, I think that Utah at home is just it's a it's a tough place to play for anyone. And coming off that big game last week where they really were so close there, if a couple things break a different way, you know Oregon State gets a win against USC, a huge win, and now they have to go after that tough loss on the road at Utah. I like the Utes actually here to cover ten points at home. Yeah, well, I mean, what I can add here is I've got Utah exactly seven points better. So if, if home fields were three and a half. I, this is a great line. Okay. Ten and a half seems good to me. I've got no lean here. Oregon State, I do think they have their question marks. Chance Nolan does show a lot of holes. I mean, he doesn't make great decisions. Turnovers. I, I wonder what's going to happen late in the game if it's close. But I, I'd probably lean with you, Utah, because too many things could happen to make it go wrong for Oregon State. But they've looked so good, I can't ignore that either. So pass for me, but uh, my power rankings have this dead on. 10, 10 and a half. Okay, fair enough. Uh, to the SEC, we got Kentucky going on the road at Ole Miss. I've got, I've got a lot for this game. This line has moved a ton. Did it open like four and a half or something like that? It's now Ole Miss 
minus seven at home against Kentucky. Um, Ole Miss hasn't played anybody yet. Kentucky's played a tough schedule. They've been they've overperformed based off of my expectations, a lot of people's preseason expectations. And I, you know, I know that uh, playing on the road in the SEC is a big deal. I've been a huge fan of Lane Kiffin. I've been beating the drum for him the last few years. I can't see any reason to not take Kentucky plus seven here, Tyler. I mean, con- convince me. <sighs> you know, it's funny. Goes. Well, <laughs> this is one of my pa- this was one of my passes. So if it becomes a bet board, it's because of our dialogue here. Sure. And the the fact that Will's so strong on, on Kentucky. Let's talk about this. All right, let, let's unpack this. Because like I said, I got some stuff for this game. So Kentucky has been nothing short of horrible this year on the offensive line. They have been one of the worst teams in terms of expected yards per rush and contact upon rush every running play. Not quarterback scrambles, but every design running play. One of the worst in the country. But they get uh, Chris Rodriguez back this year, or this week, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, that's big. So... That's like the whole handicap for me is how impactful will Kentucky's running back Chris Rodriguez, who's elite. I mean, this guy's a boss. Yep. He averages more yards per contact or more yards per boss rush. Hog. At, uh, uh, again, he averages more yards per rush after contact than any running back in the SEC last year. So Chris Rodriguez is going to be a big, big addition to Kentucky's offense. My whole question is, can Kentucky go from one of the worst rushing teams in the Power Five to keeping up with Ole Miss based on Rodriguez returning. I'm not so sure he's going to be this magic answer. Maybe he will be, right? He takes suddenly 70% of the carries. He's catching the ball. That could change the offense a ton. That's why this isn't like a real strong play for me. If he shows up for Kentucky, that could be a good play for Kentucky. I just don't know how much of an impact he's going to be. So let's talk numbers real quick. I have Ole Miss one point better. Pro football focus has Kentucky one point better. Phil Steele has Ole Miss three points better, and the Brad Powers ratings have Ole Miss one and a half points better. Where's this seven-point line come from then? Exactly, Will. I don't get this line. I don't understand where the hell anyone gets away making a touchdown favorite here for what everyone in the country, with a respectable, decent approach, considers these teams to be within a field goal. At the worst. At the worst. Most people are saying a point, point and a half. So this all, again, goes back to the offensive line struggles, and Chris Rodriguez. Either the market is greatly thinking that this offensive line's bullshit and they've got their way past Florida, which was overrated, and who else have, you know, the other couple teams they played this year, or this is an early dummy move and money's going to come back the other way. Mm. I can't rule either one out because you could totally see both. But let, again, I know I've said this enough, Chris Rodriguez is going to be a big deal. So Kentucky's averaged 85 yards per game. One of the worst lines, again, in yards per contact behind the line of scrimmage. Rushing yards per game? Uh, r- yeah, what did I say? You just said yards per game, so I just yes, wanted to clarify. You. <laughs> 85 rushing yards per game. That's super low for what for a, a Mark Stoops team, by the way. Okay, yeah. so the question becomes, what does Ole Miss do against the run? How good can Ole Miss be against the run? And I'm really, really surprised with Ole Miss's defense this year. Okay, Obviously, offensively, they moved the football, but they haven't played anybody. This is kind of similar to my Oklahoma State pick. Like They haven't played anyone, so how do we know? We know advanced stats, and we know they haven't looked bad yet. So that's one thing. But defensively is where they're really surprising me. So Ole Miss defensively, 7th in touchdowns allowed per drive, 12th in drive success rate, but 73rd in busted drive rate. So Ole Miss is letting these teams gain a yard, gain a first down, you know, get a couple first downs, and then they'll stop them. So I wonder, 
does Kentucky's running game potentially now refined with their running back with their starter back? Is are they able to gain the yards to frustrate Ole Miss, which they've been able, you know, given up all year long, and capitalize and score where other teams haven't? That's my one question here. I don't know if they can. This is this is at Ole Miss, going to be a tough atmosphere. They're going to have to check into a lot of passes if they're going to throw the football. And I don't trust again the old line being overwhelmed. And remember, Doug Marone, who was on this Kentucky staff, was fired for some unknown offensive line head coach this, this preseason or this offseason. These are the things. It's funny. Ryan and I were talking before the show about some handicaps, some NFL stuff. Yeah. And one of my points to him, he goes like, boy, that's kind of convoluted, complex. It's like, yeah, that's what full-time handicapping does. You'll, you'll find these weird things, right? And that'll help you with this. Well, last year, Kentucky fired Doug Marone, hired some unknown guy. Well, guess what his main job is this year? Offensive line. Mm-hmm, and right. that's where they look the worst. Well, and I even told Tyler, I was like, even when you come from these different angles, like it's like in my mind, I feel like Tyler's just like in his room, rocking back and forth. Like, <laughs> like what, what, what else can I think right? of? A lot, what else can I think of? There's a lot that goes into sets, and I will finish by saying this, or you know, the, this point is is I did tell him I I don't often get mad with my handicaps. If right. I lose a game, I'll lose a game. That's that's built it. I'm going to lose 45 out of 100 games. Right. But you know what I get pissed off at is when I miss something in the handicap. Right. Is where there's something I overlook in the preparation for the games. That's what really pisses me off. And for somebody who's not like a consistent better or like a, a sharp better, I guess I should say, that was some of the best advice that like could have been sure. given to me. So to finish this, this deep handicap again, Ole Miss, uh, who hasn't had an easy, easy schedule, I get that. They look unstoppable. They're 10th in offensive efficiency, 8th in touchdown rate, ninth in first down rate. They're moving the football. And again, defensively, I mentioned those numbers. So... The whole question, again, comes down to Kentucky's O-line. How much of a factor will Chris Rodriguez be returning? Uh, uh, I don't... You you like Kentucky plus the... Well, here's the thing. I feel like... I mean, you said it. Like, all these other power rating numbers had this game much closer. So, like, there's clearly something we're not seeing. And you mentioned, like, it sucks when you miss something. uh, But to me, like, this is, like, an unforeseen thing that no one's seeing. It's not just like, oh, we forgot. But, like... These are two teams that don't have a lot of recent history because they play on opposite divisions in the SEC. They've played twice since 2011, right? Wow. Um, is there is there some weird history in the past with other teams where Lane Kiffin's offenses have done really well against Mark Stoops' defenses? Like, is that something that we're missing? Um, I don't know. To me, it's confusing, and, and I know that Ole Miss. I mean, look, we know under Lane Kiffin they're going to be an offensive powerhouse. They always are. Uh, they've scored a lot of points this year. They. Their defense didn't look that great against Tulsa last week, um, and that's – I know Tulsa is actually a team that usually overperforms. Like, to me, they're a team that kind of flies under the radar and is never an easy out. Um, but the real question – like, you mentioned Kentucky's offensive line. I feel like the question – if if Ole Miss is just going to blow the doors off them and win this by seven where no one else sees it, it's because we're overrating Kentucky's defense. And maybe it's that. It's that they, maybe Florida's offense is so bad that right now – Everyone's rating Kentucky's defense off of their schedule so far, which has been Miami of Ohio. It's been you know Florida, whoever else they've played. So maybe it's just that. It's that we haven't seen Kentucky's defense against what we expect to be a really good offense. And I think Jackson Dart's played really well uh, for the transfer for Ole Miss. But again, like seven points is just so much here for a team that has at least some real games in their schedule so far. And I'm not sure that Ole Miss has that. So that's why I'm taking Kentucky plus seven. Let's make it a bedboard game. You're going Ole Miss minus seven? Is it seven or six and a half? I think it's seven. Let's look it up right now. 
Hey, I already gave you one half point. Come on. Don't don't make me do this again. <laughs> hey, Tyler, uh, okay, you know what? That's very fair. He gave me a half point before. Let's not be... Okay, I'll give you a half point. Okay, seven. Yeah. And I don't even know if you are giving it to me. I thought the consensus was seven, <laughs> but fair enough. Uh, so we, that, that's our... I mean, wow. We got it three, doesn't matter. Yeah, we yeah. got three bet board games already. So I, I, I have a quick question for you, Tyler. Um, what, what are the odds of it that line swinging back to like a one to three point line between now and Saturday. So if uh, it's, it's seven right now, it's not getting to three. Okay. And, and here's the reason why. I it's mean, what, not, what, what would be like a conservative estimate, like a five? Yeah, maybe five, maybe okay. even four and a half. But here's the reason why. Short of an injury. Injuries do a lot. And, sure. and, and like venue changes, weather does a lot. But, but if it's a normal situation, the reason why you're never going to get a game going from seven to three is because the sportsbook risk. They don't want to give pros an opportunity to middle a seven and a half and a two and a half. Okay, that is so, it, because the pros who can get a hundred thousand down, that's where they lose their money. So it's so much. It's funny. It's the market moves in ways that doesn't make a lot of sense. But if you know what the motives are of the sportsbook owners, you can figure it out. Gotcha. And so it, again, maybe the market will say that it should move that much, but never will because of risk from the sportsbooks. Okay. And one more point there, just for all, just while we're you know throwing nuggets out there, the market. And sportsbooks are two completely different things. Sportsbooks open lines up. And then the general public or everyone betting into it is the market that dictates what the lines close at. So it's funny. Everyone thinks that, you know, oh, the market, they're 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 sharp on this or they're they're square on that. What that means is the people betting into the market are sharp or square. The sportsbooks just open up the opening line and sit back and then adjust that based <laughs> on the market. It, yeah. yeah. So um little difference between the sports books and the market. Gotcha. So Okay, I mean three bet boards already this week, I and I'm, know. I think we have more on the way. Uh, Texas Tech <laughs> at Kansas State uh, right now. K State eight point home favorite here. Both these these teams coming off of huge wins, right? Kansas State takes down Oklahoma uh, in Norman last week. Texas Tech, of course, at home gets the the win in overtime over Texas. Uh, huge wins for both programs. We just saw Adrian Martinez just light the world on fire. He had four or five touchdowns against a really good Oklahoma defense. Um, Texas Tech, for sure, overperforming at this point. I think this is actually a bigger hangover moment for Texas Tech. I think that the win over Texas means more to them. I think they probably celebrated more. Kansas State has been successful against Oklahoma recently. I know that it's a huge win, no doubt, but it's not as big because like they went into that game confident because they've played Oklahoma really tough recently, right? Chris Kleiman has done that before, and now I think the hangover moment is is bigger for Texas Tech as far as you know both these teams are coming off of huge wins I don't really know that one would be a public favorite over the other at this point but here's the thing is that eight points feels like too much for me um I, I Kansas State is is a really good team they're super impressive on both sides of the ball but I feel like especially with Adrian Martinez who yeah he had a great game what we know about him over his entire career at Nebraska and even we've seen it already at Kansas State in a few short games, he's very up and down. To me, he's never been a model of consistency. And so I feel like the, the chances of him repeating a performance like last week are very slim. And eight points is too much, whereas I feel like these teams should be a lot more evenly rated. I'm going with Texas Tech plus eight here, Tyler. Mm. Yeah, I thought <laughs> I thought we were going to have another bet board game. You know, I do like, I do like Tech here. Uh let me give a reason why you wouldn't bet tech. Okay, so for any, because I feel like whether we have a, 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 a real opinion or not, people listen for the breakdowns. And a reason why you may fade tech is uh, last week they had a, I think it was a 3% uh, 
win chance at the end of the game. And they ended up pulling off the win against Texas. Right, the fumble from the B. Fumble. John Robinson. Yeah, uh, They went on the road in a big game against North Carolina State and had three turnovers, okay? So turn it over in a big situation. For those reasons, people may be against Tech this spot, and I understand that. But I am on Texas Tech because uh, this is an overreaction to last week's game. Clear, clear and simple. But before last week, Kansas State was minus six. You can't convince me that a win against a team they knew very well, like Will said, can move them through seven to make eight some comfortable number that we're sitting on right now. And when I look back at Kansas Kansas State's uh, loss to Tulane in the second or third week of the season, it's funny because that's one of those games that kind of gives you the blueprint. And I don't know why Oklahoma didn't take more of that. Maybe it's just Brett Venables and Oklahoma didn't think they need to take anything from Tulane, what they did against Kansas State. You know, their game plan worked fine, which wasn't the case. But did you realize that Kansas State actually won the turnover battle against Tulane by two turnovers? They were plus two in that game. They lost 17-10 to Tulane. And the reason was they limited Kansas State through the air. Okay, we know Deuce Vaughn's going to get his yards. We know Adrian Martinez is going to get his yards on the ground. If you can limit Martinez through the air, make him uncomfortable, that's the key to stopping Kansas State. And Texas Tech is 14th when the other team is expected to throw the football in efficiency. So we're talking about a good defense when they're expected to stop the pass all offseason. That's what Tech's been working on. How do we stop Kansas OU with these teams from throwing the football? And that's honestly how you stop Kansas State. So I like Tech here plus eight. Uh, I know Kansas State ran all over OU 275, four touchdowns on the ground. Good stat for KSU. But I just think Tech has a lot of things they've been working on defensively. Underrated team. And uh, again, remember the NC State game a couple weeks ago? They outgained NC State on the road by 100, lost that turnover battle by three. You could make that a positive or a negative, you know, depending on how you spin it. So uh, I just like the uh, Raiders here, plus eight, and I'll make that a, uh, well, no, not bad, not a bad board game. So. Yeah, we're both on Texas yeah. Tech plus yeah. eight. Love it. Um, we move on to the Big Ten. Michigan going on the road at Iowa, currently an 11-point road favorite. Now, I know you mentioned, Tyler, that you got him at 10 and you don't like him as much at 11. Um, I mean, do you want to hear my handicap? Why I like him at ten? Yeah, yeah, give it, it to me. It, it has to do with the overwhelming nature Michigan will bring after a close game like that to Maryland. See, I look at different teams in different situations. Texas last week, who lost to Texas Tech, right? They're in a classic bounce back spot. I'm not so sure we're going to see that from Sark's team. I don't know. Harbaugh, in the other hand, after a win. Like a close win, they will bounce back. Okay, and, and not a huge bounce back spot. And actually, just to compare more apples with apples, let's talk about Clemson, who won an overtime game last week against uh, Wake Forest as yep. a seven point favorite. I don't expect Clemson and Dabo to come back like firing on all cylinders this week. I don't expect it at all. Michigan is different. They've got the players. They've got the actual coaching staff to make that game against Maryland a big wake up call. So that's like an an external little you know nugget. Not a lot of people are going to be talking about on the field. Iowa is not going to be able to stop their run, and that's where Iowa really excels, stopping the rush, being physical up front. Michigan's going to lure Iowa into fill in the box, and they're going to go deep and go deep and use those targets. Michigan's gotten fast. That's one thing Michigan never used to have. Will, you can back me up with all this. Will knows Michigan more than anyone else. They used to, when they were elite, at the top of the at the top of the food chain with these other schools, it hasn't happened a lot, right? Not that much, but when they were there, they didn't have a lot of speed on the outside. And that's one thing they have in droves now, especially offensively. They can do whatever they want to on the outside. So what's going to happen is they're going to run for success. 
their offensive line is going to find holes with with Iowa, and then just when Iowa gets comfortable, they're going to go deep. As long as the turnovers don't get out of control and they start throwing picks, dropping the ball, yeah. I think Michigan here is a good play at 10. And actually, here's the thing with 11. 11's an interesting number because in college football, the variance is so spread out that 11 becomes a key number, right? 21-10 3120 is not unheard of in college football. So I know 10 means a lot. I got it at 10, but it's not horrible still at 11. So sure. uh, that's my kind of approach. Yeah, and I, th- I think, you know, you compared uh, Michigan to Clemson and uh, and Texas, and I, and I think they're just, I think Michigan's just more of a confident team. You know, they're, they're more of a prove it team, especially after, you know, winning the Big Ten last year. Um, they want to continue that success. Number and, and si- number six in efficiency, number thirteenth overall in FEI, and number twelfth in uh, the drive rate, where they start, where they finish. Sure, that's a very good offense. And me personally, I I, I think they're going to blow Iowa out of the water. Um, Iowa's just not a good football team offensively, and uh, I'd I'd take them at. 10, 11, 12. And again, what you said, blow them out. Iowa not good offensively. That all adds up to my point of just overwhelming them. Over the course of 60 minutes, the Hawkeyes won't be able to keep up. And I could even see like a 30 to like like 13 kind of game maybe. Mm -hmm. But I think Michigan has a chance to really get going and make a statement. This yeah, agreed. Game, so yeah, and you mentioned it last year on the in the Big Ten championship game, Michigan blew the doors off of Iowa, right? Um I'm terrified of this game. Uh, I know you. And let me tell you why. This it's is not, you're a fan. This yeah, is exactly. no, 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 no. Any bet on them last week? No, 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 no. This is not even about. Uh, this is really not even about Michigan. This isn't even about Iowa. This is about. It's about you. No, no, no. This is about <laughs> Iowa at home against top five teams. Kinnick Stadium. Yeah, right? that's true. Harbaugh, this ain't your granddad's Harbaugh Iowa. said it in his in his uh, press conference this week, and it's true. He said Kinnick Stadium is where top five teams go to die. I have a stat for you Oof. here. These are the last six home games that Iowa, Iowa has had where they have hosted an AP top five team, right? 2008 versus Penn State, they won 24-23. 2010 versus Michigan State, they won 37-6. 2016 versus number two Michigan, they won 14-13. 2017 versus number four Penn State, they lost but 21-19. 2017 versus number three Ohio State, they blew them out 55 to 24. And last year against number four Penn State, they won 23-20. This Iowa at home against top five teams, it's true. It's where they go to die, and it's not. Uh, this is not. If this was a neutral field, if this was Michigan at home, I wouldn't be nervous at all. But to me, like I know that Michigan's defense is going to keep Iowa's offense off the board. I'm worried about Iowa's defense scoring. Uh, J.J. McCarthy last week against Maryland finally showed signs of being a young first-year starter. He he had some sketchy plays. He yeah, almost struggled the ball at one point. He, didn't, mm-hmm. he wasn't super inaccurate with as far as throwing into dangerous spots, but he was missing open guys. Yeah. Uh, he was reckless with his feet. And there's one thing we know about Iowa. It's that, I mean, their defense has basically scored as much points as their offense has this year. Right. Well, and, and it, the concerning thing for McCarthy was he wasn't able to turn it around quickly. Yeah. You know, you, 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 you kind of saw the, the demons. Yeah, for sure. Know? And, like, he's a young player. He's got, Absolutely. He doesn't have a lot of experience. Obviously, the ceiling is through the roof with him, but we just haven't seen a lot. And what we know about Iowa is in these, in these moments, they want to have a rock fight. I mean, they, that's what they want. <laughs> and I'm actually worried that because Jim Harbaugh knows it. That was his quote. Kinnick Stadium where top five teams go to die. 
I think Jim Harbaugh could come out and we could see Michigan play conservatively, and that terrifies me. If Michigan comes out aggressive, like what Tyler said, and they're spreading the ball out, they're utilizing their speed on the edge, I'll feel a lot better. I'm concerned that Michigan is going to want to run the ball, and to me, this is terrifying. It doesn't mean that that I think Michigan is going to lose, even though I think there's a chance because this is what Iowa does. They lure people in. In all those games I listed, I bet you they weren't a favorite in any one of them. Right. I, in fact, I bet you they were double-digit double dogs in the majority of those games, and that's what freaks me out here. So I think Michigan wins, but 11 points scares me. And, Tyler, if you're willing to take Michigan minus 11, we have a bet board game. So so are you more concerned? of? You're not as concerned of them to lose, but playing not to lose. I am concerned with them losing because, like, Michigan also hasn't fared well historically at Iowa. Gotcha. You know, versus Iowa is one thing at home, neutral field. At Iowa has been a hard place for Michigan, and it's a hard place for any Big Ten team historically. What, what, what was last year's game, the upset? Uh, Penn State? Last year it was Penn State, yeah, and they won 23-20. They were favorites in that game. They were minus two. Okay, so there you go. But I know for a fact in that Ohio State game, they were they were home dogs. That they, stuff's priced you in. You know what I mean? That and, stuff's priced in. Look, Will wants to make it a bad board game. I'll take 11. Ah, <laughs> I look, I hope <laughs> I'm wrong, and, and obviously. I, about, I hope Michigan I blows them could, out. I was about to console him. Let me give you some more stats here. We're not done with stats. I love statistics. <laughs> oh, okay? he's he's got the ringer. I've got this the ringer. That right didn't scare <laughs> Tyler at all. Iowa this year, number four in the country in in touchdown rate. They're not allowing touchdowns at all. Okay, but they're forty fifth in first down rate. They're eighty fourth in busted drive rate. Wow. So they're not getting behind the line of scrimmage. They're not disrupting teams on first and second down. What they're doing is allowing teams to move, and then they bend or break. So they're giving yards mm. up. They're giving. That's not okay. what you it's want. Iowa. That's not what you want against Michigan. And so again, these stats mean so. Like it's not, I don't bring these up just to like pad a, a handicap. My handicap is because of these stats. It's the other way around. I was number four in the country giving touchdowns up, but they're eighty fourth in busted drive rate. That's a huge discrepancy. They're giving chunks up. They're giving yards up. They're allowing teams to move the football, and they just haven't played a team yet that can score. I think Michigan is that team. So. We'll take minus 11. Yeah, I mean, um, to me, like, you're right. Like, all the stats tell me that Michigan should blow them out. But, like, to me, this is where, like, historical trends in college football, like, I can never ignore them. And, and the you know, being a top-five team going at Kinnick Stadium, it is just a different feel. That stadium, like, if you watch that game, this the that stadium is unique in the fact that, like, the front-row fans are, like, 15 feet from the sideline. They're right there on top. A yeah. lot of stadiums, there's a lot more space between the fans. Right. Like the the away team is sitting there, and they have fans literally like breathing down their neck. And I think that Probably that smell factors like corn into too. it. A lot of corn <laughs> smell. A lot of corn. Uh, all right, we have a, that's four bet board games. Holy shit! Uh, the last but not least game. In fact, I think this is probably the biggest matchup um, of Saturday. Even though the line may not say that. Uh, Alabama at Arkansas. Oh, yeah, I got nothing. Currently, I, I have Bama, no. 17 and a half point you want me to get my breakdown? for Alabama. You want me to get my breakdown? Don't bet against Nick Saban. <laughs> that's that's your breakdown. <laughs> I lean Arkansas, but I'm not getting betting against Nikki. Like, that's it. I, our, 17 and a half? Arkansas is good. Even with the sex tape? Uh, even with, with his. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's great. Hey, even with the sex tape. Uh, 17 and a half. It's like, are you kidding me? It goes through that 17, the key, little, little hook there. We're messing with it. No, I'm not betting against Saban. It's not happening. So that's my breakdown. This game's actually intriguing to me. Yeah. Honestly. Um, I, I, I think Arkansas, tough loss last week. Yeah. I think they're coming home. Uh, you know, they they got uh, Bama at home. 
Um, they're going to be up for them. And uh, I, I like the 17 and This a was a really close game last year, too. They see, and, yeah. and traditionally, if a team plays Alabama, almost beats them one year, that's not how it goes the next year. Nick Saban <laughs> right. you know, takes note of that. Traditional. Right? But I, I saw an interesting stat, too, and uh, I can't find it. I think I saw this when I was scrolling Instagram. But Bryce Young hasn't played a lot of true road games for Alabama, right? Like, we saw him play at Texas. He struggled. But most of the the road games that, that Bryce Young is playing and when it comes to, you know, versus top teams, top-ranked top teams, they're either neutral site, not right. conference, right? Or they're, you know, uh, he, he's playing true road games within the, the conference, uh, but typically against, you know, lesser opponents. And I think he struggles in these true road games. And I think at Arkansas... I, that's a tough place to play. We know that that the fans there are loud, and that Sam, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of what Sam Pittman is doing. I don't think Arkansas is going to win this game, but to I me, don't either. Like they're built similar to the teams that we've seen Alabama struggle against, which is teams that want to dominate time of possession. They, they want to play Alabama's type of football. Exactly. They want to run the football, play physical defense. Um, if it was like under 17, I think I'd be leaning Bama. But with this being 17 and a half, I like that extra half point here. I'm taking the Hogs plus 17 and a half. I mean, yeah, I, I got no. I'm not. I'm not betting on this game. <laughs> I, like, like, I, I would for sure if I were if, if I were forced to take one and we had to do a bed board for every game. Sure, absolutely. I'm taking Alabama. Oh, interesting. Okay. I mean, whatever. I, I I would try to push the envelope further, but we have four bet board games already this week. Alabama could win this. <laughs> Alabama could win 41 to seven. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely right. They, I, Tyler, tell me why I shouldn't take Vandy plus 40 plus and a half. 40 and a half. <laughs> well, if there's one thing we know, it's that Arkansas is not Vandy, thank God. That's but, true. That's uh, true. Yeah. but Nick Saban's still Nick Saban, so yeah, that, but, that's, that yeah. works that, that way too. I mean, this, this, this weekend could be a big decider in who wins the bet board, frankly. It could be. Um, turning point. Turning point. Four games, incredible. Uh, Tyler, are we going to recap your picks? Yeah, let's go through these quickly. Um, I think I don't know if I have any outside the bet board. So okay, let's see. I've games. got Wake Forest plus seven. Actually, I have that one. That wasn't a bet board, right? No. So we got Wake plus seven, and and I I'll, stay tuned. I may have one or two later this week that I add. I don't have any additional right now, but Wake plus seven. He'll post it on the social media if he adds them. Yeah. Uh, Wake plus seven. We got. Uh, Ole Miss. Yep. Plus uh, or minus seven against you. You got Iowa up uh, or, or sorry Michigan minus eleven. So yeah. Right. So, so our bet board games are what? Uh, our Miss. bet board games are here. I got them right here. We got first of all we have NC State Clemson. So I'm on uh, I'm on Clemson. You're on NC State. That's that's plus seven. That's our custom line. Okay. Uh, Oklahoma State Baylor. I'm on Baylor minus two. You're at Oklahoma State plus two. Uh, Kentucky Ole Miss. I'm on Kentucky plus seven. And then Michigan Iowa. I got Iowa plus eleven. Those are our four bet board games. That sounds solid to me. And I don't think I have any other besides that. Do I? I have a uh, Tech. Wait, is that one on Tech here? plus eight? Is one? Yeah, I think you gave that out. I, yeah. I gave that out the same way. Yeah, I'm giving Tech plus eight as well. Okay, Smitty, your Tech, picks. Tech, so again, my other ones are Tech Tech plus eight, uh, Wake Forest plus seven. Uh, I got uh, Wake plus seven, just like you guys. Uh, I have. Um, I'm actually going to take Oregon State plus ten, um, and then uh, Michigan minus eleven. You like the beeves, huh? Wait, sorry. Remind me, Wake Forest plus seven, uh, Tech plus eight. Is that what you said? Uh, no, I had uh, 
Uh, what were the or, three? Oregon State. Oregon State plus, plus 10. 10. And then uh, Michigan minus 11. Michigan minus 11. Okay. And, and I think Oregon State maybe 10 and a half now, to be honest. But uh, I'll take Utah. It even better. Yeah. Here's my parlay pick. Uh, my my four-team perfect square parlay. Uh, Texas <laughs> Tech plus eight. Kentucky plus eight. Or sorry, Kentucky plus seven. Um, Utah minus 10. And Baylor minus two. Those are the four teams I'm giving out in my parlay. I'll do my underdog parlay of the week. My money line dog parlay. The money dog. We're going to go. Let's let's add this up real quick. Uh, Ryan, do you have anything to give out real quick before we wrap up, Ryan? For a parlay? Sure, anything. Uh, No, I I think I'm good with uh, the three I took. All right, here, I'm pulling that up. I'll throw them in a parlay. Who cares? Well, let me. I mean, look. If if Tyler is on, uh, like, are any of these bet board games going to be money money dog picks? Uh, yeah, definitely. So we're going North Carolina State plus two ten. Wow. Yeah, we're gonna take NC State. Well, that's a money Oklahoma line. State. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma State plus one ten, and then Texas Tech to win outright. And then Texas Tech is plus two fifty. So that's gonna that, be a fat payout. That payout altogether. We'll pay twenty-two to one. Wow! Ten bucks wins two hundred and twenty. Money line, money line. North Carolina State, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. That's big time. Boomer, boomer. Okay. No. Uh, follow us on social media. We are going to post these picks uh, at CFB underscore Pod on Twitter. Uh, follow us if you want to follow us. A bunch of guys who like fat-free Cheez-Its. Yeah, well, two yeah. guys at least. Um, <laughs> follow us on social media. I didn't know. Rate and review uh, at Culture Ball Tailgate on Instagram, at CFB underscore pod on Twitter. We'll see you next week.